I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, here, here. Y'all ever ride a horse for real? Like when it's running? Woo, that is an animal. All right, y'all. And this show is going to be a beast as well. Welcome to Never Shut Up, you know, where we learn those life lessons and talk sports and entertainment and cover the media like they cover everything else. Let's have some fun up in here. And Never Shut Up is sponsored by BetUS. Look at us. Get that money, money. <laughs> Don't you hate when little kids start getting that moolah out here? Go to WileyWins.com so you can get some moolah right now and sign up to get your 125% sign-up bonus. So go Log in right now. Get some of that coin, some of that change, some of that money that folds. Man, we're going to have some prop bets, blackjack, I don't know, a little bit of war. I declare war on your head. And my favorite game ever, get like me. <laughs> Who didn't sit in the corner in the classroom like, you got a quarter, let's go, doing that all day. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we start off every show. What's up with that dude? Well, I think I found my final piece to my foundation and my global concept of what Project Transition is going to be. Peek this out. So I go to lunch, and I'm going to lunch with a former colleague of mine, right? Actually, not just my peer, but my former boss. And my former boss was sitting there breaking bread, talking that talk, doing what we do, man. I always had an affinity for this individual. Uh, Former boss of obviously one of the networks that I work with, Work for, and um, we just talking normal life, catching up, man. We always loved each other, always loved each other, family, and we just finally had to connect. And then it got deeper uh, in terms of what 
this world looks like to us and what we want to do in terms of impact. Um, I alerted him of my efforts, which he was already apprised of, which made me feel good because he knew what I was doing. He knew all of what this was. He knew that I was talking on a daily sports entertainment life show, but at the same time, really having to have trying to have a deeper global impact in terms of philanthropy and helping out the communities across the world. So he was like, all right, I know all that. And guess what I'm into now? And we had similar conversations. He, big business, big corporation, big network, was now looking to do something in the philanthropy space. So it looks like we're going to be doing something together. Woo, that would be amazing because this man has done amazing work. Can't say his name, got to protect the guilty, got to go through the process. All I'm saying is, yeah, about to be a problem out here. Project transition, about to get it in. After that, came home, kicked it with the itty bitties a little bit, and then I went to the Berries Boot Camp 25th anniversary. Yes, 25 years of Berries Boot Camp. Have any of y'all ever been to Berries Boot Camp? Raise your hand if you have. I have. Good Lord. <laughs> I went back in like the early 2000s. Off-season workout one day. I'm riding down Ventura, hanging out, living in L.A. My boy's just like, man, what are we going to do today? Let's change it up. All right. All right. My, my boy said Barry's boot camp is dope. And as soon as I heard boot camp, I was like, man, I don't feel like going to somebody else's boot camp. Like, we got camp coming up in a few months. Like, let's get ready for that camp. I ain't going to no boot camp. I was thinking military and crazy. I was like, eh, sound a little too intense. Like, Protect this vessel, protect this body. But anyway, I go up in there. He told me it was fine girls in there. He wasn't lying. <laughs> I went up in there, I was like, looking at the treadmill. I was like, I'm about to fall off. It's like 30 treadmills lined up. I'm like, who in the hell up in here at a 9.30 in the morning? Don't y'all got to go to work? And they were like, nope. And this is before IG, so they were just models, right? So I'm in there working out, and I'm over there dying. Then their instructor, if you ever been, you know what I'm talking about. He's like, all right, get off, and now go lift weights. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go lift weights. Then he said, get back on. I was like, dog, <laughs> pick one, homie. Mary's Bootcamp will whip your ass. And it's been going strong for 25 years. Um, friends with the CEO and their family. Um, so Joey, John, little Frankie, MJ and her were like besties when they lived out here in Los Angeles, went to the same school, et cetera. Love for the family. Went to that party last night. That party, I saw everything. <laughs> it was First of all, it was gigantic, sponsored by everybody you could name. Uh, Diplo performed. It was sick, insane, great stuff. Um, and let me just tell you, man, <laughs> I saw girls bigger than me, dudes bigger than me. Every letter of the alphabet was there, and everybody was in there grooving, clowning, partying. I love stuff like that, man. No borders. I don't care what you say. And <laughs> this one person was dancing. I don't know what song this was. And I was like, I wanted to dance off. I really did. I was almost in that zone, but I didn't want to embarrass my wife. And she was feeling embarrassed because I was already cutting it up over here. I was juking by myself. So I wanted to dance off, but it wasn't my night. Salute to everything you do. And I got to meet the Barry. There's a Barry. I was like, the whole night, I was like, is there a Barry the boot camp? Because your name is Joey, your name John, all the execs. No, where Barry at? And I met Barry. Salute to Barry who lives out there in Nevada, man. And your product is still going strong. Took it from here to the world. 84 facilities in 14 countries, I think I saw. 
That's amazing. Salute to you guys. All right, y'all know this show is powered by y'all, and you also know it's powered by Project Transition, where we go into the communities and we help those kids discover their inner power and amplify it for the world to see so they're greater than their greatest excuse. No excuses count when you're talking about achieving your dreams. And this is a book that helps these kids navigate through those experiences. You guys can have this book as well. I will hook you up with this book right now if you go to projecttransition.com. Leave a donation, recurring donation, like my man Mike did. And Mike's getting this book with a little bit of love. All for going on projecttransition.com. All right, let's get into the show. Enough talk, Wally. Shut up. All right, let's get it in. ESPN and FS1 getting criticized by y'all. Bop, 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 bop. Y'all shooting at them because y'all like, yo, you're not discussing the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs. And y'all like, what? How in the hell are playoffs going to start in a major sport and y'all don't mention it barely at all? So... Oh, the significant part of their programming was not spent on talking about baseball, even though they hold the TV rights to the wild card series. Now, that's what the gangster is. Y'all done spent money to have the rights to broadcast the games and don't even talk about the games or the broadcast. So people were questioning and took it racial like we do in this country. We got a problem. Uh, why the predominantly white Majority sports like baseball, I know they're thinking hockey too, but they didn't say it, but hockey too. Baseball do not receive the same level of coverage, therefore, and scrutiny as the NFL and NBA. Somebody just start, start chirping. This was what the criticism was about. Morning shows got into the conversation, personalities across FS1 and ESPN. All question online, why don't the majority white sports get the same scrutiny coverage as the NFL and NBA? So Ryan Clark took the bait. He said, uh, <clears throat> I'll answer that, right? And he talked about that it's not all about just the scrutiny, but also about the popularity of the sports and the viewer engagement. Seems pretty simple, right? Duh. Like, ain't nobody tripping on anything except... Is it popular? And if it is popular, then it qualifies for us to cover it. Therefore, the scrutiny will come because the praise is there. So Ryan Clark said in his own words, quote, you think it has to do with the color of the athletes or popularity of the sport, bro? Come on, man. Everything ain't racism. <laughs> and that's funny coming from Ryan. Those football and basketball are more popular and more people tune into games. Also, tune in to hear about them. It's not all scrutiny. It's also praise. I had to clap when I heard that from Ryan Clark because he sure can make something racial faster than most. But good for him for breaking this one down. It's really simple. This was about how popular are the games. Now, it's interesting you see these networks not covering it, and we think they're dumb for not doing it. Yep. How you going to buy something and they don't even promote it, don't even be proud with it, don't even want to show it, display it? How are you going to have the rights and not want to talk about that you have the rights, that you have the game? Well, let me tell you this. They're going to talk about what they see moves the needle. Simple as that. Now, they may be looking at a different needle than you are. Linear cable, Nielsen ratings, viewer engagement, uh, digital streaming, etc. Fans, likes, and comments. You know, they may be looking at different needles. But they looking at a needle to see if it moves. So we all know that the networks use minute to minute data tracking 
to track the audience engagement, y'all. So focusing on topics that are relevant, that viewers engage with, is what the networks will show. Now, let's get into this conversation, because y'all know we all see Undisputed and everybody, I don't care who you are, is like, but the same ass topics. Then you watch First Take, grander topics, wider breadth of topics, okay, and you're like, all right, why there, they're talking about more than over here, if they're both looking at the tracking and the numbers. It's two ways to cut this, it's, it, and I'll take you to the DJ booth to let you know how this goes, because y'all know I've been DJing since 1997, officially, but unofficially on a tape deck since 88. <laughs> Maybe even earlier than that, I was over there listening to K-Day doing this, rewind play, rewind play, so they would be playing something, what up quick at about noon, 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 I used to do that for real. Rewind, play, hit that thing so fast. That, that. Anyway, let's talk about in the DJ booth. Uh, DJ 101, first day you get to DJing, you don't know how to DJ, you don't know how to blend, you don't know how to drop it on the one, you don't know how to do any of that. But you know songs. So the first error most DJs make, if they ever do a gig, just play songs. They say, hey, just mess up, but this is how you're going to learn. Play songs. You know what they play? Hit, 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 hit. Level, level, level. They don't know anything about the energy of the song, right? You don't know anything about the tempos. You're just playing hits. And then you realize, okay, I got to wave this thing, right? I got to have contrast. You know, when you get on a roller coaster, it takes you up for the big drop. And that's the most exciting part. Then it takes you back on and then it makes you do a loop and like all of the different dimensions and elements make it an amazing journey. But if you just got there and it went, you'd be like, yeah, that's it. Okay. Cause sooner or later you get used to it. And then it's like, we're flying, but okay. That's what this is. Undisputed, 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 undisputed go like this. And you're like, Oh, okay. All right, that was a that's it. We're gonna go backwards. Nah, get off walk. <laughs> and then first take gonna go and don't lie. Every time you on that hill, don't you think about getting off? Every time you're like, man, you see them stairs right there. You be like, yo, you see that flag, that last little flag. And you be like, yo, somebody can walk up here and get me. And you be like, if I raise my hand, they gonna come me. I ain't no punk. I ain't no punk. I'm a punk though. <laughs> and then it go. Ah. And that's first take. I'm giving you number one versus number one on a different network. That variety, that range, that whoa, whoa, oh, baseball. Uh, I ain't like that. Oh, God, Lord, we got some football talk. Oh, God. Oh, we talking about race. Whatever it is. And they just take you all those places. So when you bring it back home to this conversation, um, the thing is, they know those levels of engagement. They know what gets you up and down and arousing into it. Y'all ain't into baseball. Y'all not. Not on a national level, not on a big grand level, regionally, of course. And it's funny because if you look at baseball, everybody's thinking, how is it profitable, which we know it is, look at them contracts, but not so popular. How are you going to be profitable and not popular? It doesn't make any sense. Well, obviously it does if you get down into the granular levels of how they market baseball, local, regional, to those areas. They have their own cable networks um, in terms of yes network for Yankees, et cetera, stuff like that. It makes sense, financial sense, but relevance, it doesn't necessarily attract the viewing audience. So 
lot of people have a tough time digesting baseball. Uh, I used to coach baseball. My son played baseball. I know all the itty bitties that are interested in sports. When you bring up baseball, you get the same response. Either the kid takes to it or the kid hates it because they don't have the attention span. Kids will go out there and draw up Lego dirt. They would be making up Lego pieces in the dirt. They just be out there just doing whatever, right? Because they ain't feeling it. They can't lock in. Well, their kids ain't the only one that have that issue. <laughs> Y'all adults, so stop complaining about the TV coverage when the TV coverage is responding to you. It's kind of like when we're having this conversation about what pops on social, what pops on this show, never shut up, what pops typically. If, if Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellerman say some war words, I don't care if I come up here and have a Nobel Peace Prize topic. <laughs> I don't care if I come up here butt naked. I guarantee you which one we're going to get more views. Me butt naked. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be Max r returns fire to uh, Stephen A. Max responds to Stephen. That's y'all. That ain't me. I'm going to cover it because I know, I know the ins and outs of that. But y'all the ones who are going to say, I want that. So we need to take some onus as an audience and stop always blaming the network. Man, they'll never show nothing. And undisputed. Man, all y'all talk about is Cowboys. Because every time he talk about Cowboys, y'all be getting hyped up because he talking about the Cowboys. Now, I will admit, y'all also are saying, talk about something else. But he like, nope, I'm going to play the hits. Remember the DJ? DJ error. Mm, hit, hit, hit. You learn to throw in that other song. Throw in that B-side song. Throw in that dope instrumental that everybody rock to but don't know what it is. Throw in a new song that people are like, damn, that sounds dope. Who that? You know, throw in that oldie but goodie. Don't just throw in top 40 all the hits, right? So I get what you guys are trying to say, but you need to say it to yourself first in that mirror because y'all the reason why we ain't seeing no baseball talk. They literally mentioned it twice. Literally mentioned it twice between 8 o'clock and 2 o'clock on ESPN. Literally twice the Major League play, Baseball playoffs. That's all they said. You want to hear what they said? This is it. ESPN has TV rights to the wild card round of the Major League Baseball postseason that starts today. Said it one more time. That's it. Six hours. <laughs> it's gangster out here. So, y'all think uh, sports networks should strike a balance between covering sports that y'all ain't interested in, like baseball, even though they had the rights? No, no, no. And did y'all think any of this was racial? I ain't even get that at the time of day. Like Ryan Clark didn't, I didn't either. Like there is a time when it's having, let's have that racial conversation. I would not shy away from it. But I was like, dog, you trying to make baseball racial when it's not, how many white people play still? <laughs> how many black people play? It ain't us. This <laughs> is everybody else. We already know Dominican, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Latinos out there rolling, right? So I didn't want to make that one racial. I'm glad that we didn't have to go there. All right, so let me know what y'all think about the coverage of that because obviously you don't think too much about it because y'all ain't thinking too much about baseball. Oh, man, I got to hit y'all. So my goal is to come in, not the beginning of the show, but every other time with a different song that just gave me energy that was dope as hell. Y'all remember this song? Oh, this is like this is like my earliest moment I think of getting hype over rap music. Oh 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 oh! Y'all remember that song? I and I and I and I I I I. Giddy up! Y'all remember that song? What? Giddy up! Oh 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 oh! The cat used to do ah! 
Oh, them cats be having on the Puma suits. We're like, dope, 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 dope. Oh, I remember that. Ah, life. All right, man. Never shut up. Welcome back, y'all. Uh, and this show is sponsored by BetUS. Please go to WileyWins.com. See, it's right there at the bottom somewhere. WileyWins.com. Log on. I'll give you 125% of your sign-up bonus right there so we can go at it. Let's play a little war together. Let's go to war. And ProjectTransition.org. You got to log on. Get that love. I am sending this book to Nicholas. Yes, I'm telling you. It's real around these parts. I really care. I really care about the kids, and I care about you guys supporting these kids. Man, go there. Just leave $5 recurring donation. Who ain't got $5? Well, some people don't. But the point is, y'all do. And, <laughs> and more importantly, damn it, get them kids $5 so they can go and, and take a trip outside of their locale and realize, I want to go to that school. Why? Because I got to see it. You guys can make that a reality. So please go to projecttransition.org and make it a reality. All right, speaking of reality, RG3 wants to change his reality. He's like, yo, right now this mic is cool. This suit is cool. This beat is my recital. I was sounding like that. And then, where's that from? Y'all know where that's from. He's like, nah, this ain't it. I want to go back on that field. Job unfinished. Got unfinished business out there. So we know who he is. He's on ESPN. He's the host of the Wave Sports Podcast as well. And he is talking about playing football for real. I ain't going to step on his seeds. I ain't going to stomp out his dreams, but we're going to discuss this. He says, quote, it's been no secret. There's a lot of players that are afraid to say they want to play. When they're done, they're afraid to say they want to play. I'm not afraid to say that. I love the game of football. I will come back to that comment later because I don't agree with that comment. But Griffin is being candid about his aspiration to continue playing football. Departure from many retired NFL players, myself included, who are hesitant to admit their desire for a comeback. If the right opportunity came along, I would certainly entertain it. Now, I say it with your chest now, don't you? Entertain it. What do you mean entertain it? You just said you want it. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what Kaepernick got caught up in. Kaepernick and his crew must be sitting back like, yeah, I'll entertain any offers. Well, you better be thirsty out there if you want it. Like, that's, we can't be high on the hog. Don't be high on the hog. Don't be high on the horse. If you want it, dog, you remember when you wanted to get into the NFL? Now, look, I know RG3 was the third pick overall, top pick, number two. Uh, me, I was a second rounder, so we ain't in that same conversation, and I'm not in the same conversation as him. But damn it, if I kept falling, guess what I would have been saying? I'm calling. I need an opportunity. Don't like when Cash just like uh, entertain it, but don't want to beat up too much of his words. So Griffin revealed that as recently as August, the NFL team contacted him about joining their quarterback room, although he didn't disclose the team's identity. He protected the guilty since he didn't go and take that job. And he knows that would kick up some dust and hurt his future chances, especially if you're not going to take those opportunities. So maybe he entertained it, maybe he didn't. But if you want to play, and somebody offer me right now, man, you know what I want to do, dog, for real? Man, I can't lie to you, dog. I, 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 just want, I just want another chance to play. Just turn that corner one more time, get busy. And somebody calls me, he's like, yeah, we're thinking about bringing you in. Yeah, I wouldn't entertain it. <laughs> I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Let go. Let go. What I gotta do? Where, where y'all located? Where y'all address? Y'all online? <laughs> over, over Figueroa? Okay, I'm over there. So come on, man. Let's get into this. Uh, Griffin situation. 
a lot of people heckle him. A lot of people think it's amusing. A lot of people know that it is genuine, but still, uh, he's the butt of some jokes. Um, I even posted something I saw where he was talking about it. They could they cut it up, manipulated it. I didn't do it in any malintention, but to me, if something funny, I'm going I'm to put it out there. Uh, ask Steven Jackson, ask Matt Barnes, who are my dogs, but when Kwame Brown was at their head, I was posting and talking about it too. I'm that friend. Like, I'm clowning you too. And if you don't like it, then we may not be the same friends. Because <laughs> I'm not changing. But I'm also not going to stop laughing at a joke because you the butt of the joke. You ever see that? That's what Will Smith did. That's what Will Smith got caught up into. <laughs> Wait, man. <laughs> man, I'll be like this. My wife. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, girl, you better start laughing. He got you. Get him back. It's all good. I'm a comedian too. Let me shoot at him. So anyway, his openness about this, um, it's put a bullseye on him. Um, at the same time, it's been three years, and that's where part of the ammunition for this bullseye is coming from. All right, let's talk through this story right here. Let me get his quote again. His quote was, it's, there are a lot of players that are afraid to say they want to play. That's what he basically said. I can't say no to that, but I disagree with that because uh, I've seen more a lot of players that are more scared to let it go than actually want to go and play again. And they can be looked at as the same. You can confuse those two, I should say. But being real, I know more guys scared to let it go than scared to say, oh, I want to go back. Cats die in that locker room, some of them cats. Be on their last leg, can't play that well, whatever. Don't want to go home, don't want to go back. Don't want to go to the real world. Don't know what they're going to do next. I've had way more of those conversations. Cats, when I left Jacksonville, my 10th year, I retired. I was like, dog, one, I'm sorry. And I was still making run plays, but I'm a DN. And long story short, in my day, you got to get them sacks. And that running game, they, they were hyping up, that wasn't doing it. <laughs> they were saying that, but they didn't care. Who are the best DNs? <clears throat> Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Sack Sacks, right? But then in that era, they kept saying, oh, yeah, go play the run, go play the run. It's all good. I was playing the run still. I wasn't getting no sacks. And guess what? I wanted to leave because I was like, better days are ahead somewhere else because my best days are behind me playing football. Every single dude in that Jacksonville locker room, to a man was arguing with me. Where are you going, Wiley? What you doing? You know how much they paying you? You you're still chilling? You still good? They were to my run. It's, man, what you doing? And I was like, dog, I got to do something else. It's time to move on. What you going to do then? I don't know. But I'm, I got enough to say, I got enough save where I ain't got to be forcing something. And then I'm going to figure it out when I get into the real world. Once you figure it out here. Yeah, this is kind of a painful way to figure it out. <laughs> Let's just say, not just physically, my knees start hurting, but more than that, I had a torn growing off the bone. I was like, I swore to myself, one more surgery, one more major injury, I'm done. Tore my growing off the bone. And I also said this. It didn't feel good being in a locker room where you're not held in high esteem when you used to be, right? Now, that's meaning that I didn't want it. That's why this whole entertaining stuff, when you, when you ain't happy being number 53, you don't want to play football no more. Not to that level. You got to want it like, like a Ray Lewis, like I've seen Junior Seau, like I've seen them great ones. Like, dog, 
Just give me anything and I'll tear it up. I'll go at it. I'll be the one. I was like, mm-mm, mine got to be convenient now. And when it wasn't convenient, I was out. Literally that, that summer, literally that offseason, the Giants were calling, really calling. Marcellus, come on, stop playing. Who leads the NFL? What are you doing? You ain't even on TV doing nothing. You're just chilling, getting fat, probably, <laughs> and hanging out with all them girls and running errands, riding around the Rolls Royce. You're right. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt. So I didn't take their calls. I mean, I respected them. Um, but I, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, they won the Super Bowl that year. Ow. <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> Y'all thought it was going to be a good ending to that story? Hell no, I should have kept playing. But that's my point. Most guys want to keep playing, and they do. But when it's over, to RG3's point, it's a lot of them that want to go back. But I think there's a lot more that realize, oh, ain't nothing left back there. But I'm scared to go here. So they don't want to admit that they can't let go. It's funny. I thought that was an interesting conversation that RG3 was having. And being candid, I respect that man for that. RG3 and I have been cool over the years. Um, I haven't seen him in forever, but, you know, him and his ex-wife? I don't know what up. But, uh, yeah, RG3 and his wife. Uh, yeah, good peoples, man. Uh, always been a great guy, big heart. So let's see um, what's going to happen with this. Y'all think that RG3 should be back in the NFL? I will say this. Nope. As an evaluator, this is how it goes. Sorry, uh, even RG3, the homie. I'm not picking up somebody who used to do it, who stopped doing it, who wants to do it again. You know why? There are a lot of other talents on that conveyor belt. Way younger than you. Way more spry than you. Way more spongy than you in terms of taking this information and this culture in. And I'm investing them because they're cheaper too. <laughs> you may come cheap, but they got all these vet minimums and all that stuff. Would you, would you go get a rookie undrafted? Would you? Hmm? Couple bucks? All right, I got you. So I just think that it's not going to happen. Um, it'd be interesting if it can, though. I'd love to see them go. But then, are you going to start? So you're just holding the clipboard. Clipboard? What's better? That's, that's a question. Beat it up in the comments. What's better? Third string in the NFL or what RG3 has at ESPN and his podcast right now? What would you take? Want to see what that is. And is RG3 going to get an opportunity to get back in the league? If so, which team is the best fit? Woo! One of my hypers. Maybe my hype is all the way through high school. This is what got me through it. <sighs> I, wish I, I wish I could do y'all the whole thing. I had this thing black. It'd be pitch dark in here. And then all you would see is nothing but like the stage. You'd be like squinting, trying to see who that. And then you hear, brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. And then I literally would do this with the lights. If, 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 yes. <sighs> The rhythm, the rebel. Oh my God. All right, y'all. Oh man. Woo. I need a moment for that one. That is insanely hype right there. And like this show is never shut up. Sponsored by BetUS, man. Go to WileyWins.com. They're like, why don't we go to BetUS? Because you go through me. You know why you go through me? Because I'm going to hook you up with that 125%. I give you a little more for that sign up bonus. Go out there and let's go play a little blackjack and compete for some coin. Also, this show is always powered by projecttransition.org, projecttransition.org. Log on, read this book. Mario is going to get this book right now for leaving a recurring donation. That's what happens. $5. I ain't tripping. The kids need it. We're going to send these kids around the world so they can expand their horizons and get different experiences and exposures. 
through your support. And I will send you this book as a thank you for what you're doing for the community. So, all right, let's talk about what <laughs> I'm the king of transition for a while. Let's talk about what Skip is doing, <laughs> not for the community. Well, maybe for the black community. According to Deion Sanders, we know that he recently thanked Skip Bayless when he was in Boulder, Colorado, for providing opportunities to black former athletes in sports media. And Skip Bayless expressed how deeply, deeply meaningful Deion Sanders' words were to him and why it mattered to him to get those opportunities and give them away at ESPN and Fox Sports. All right. It was a cry fest out there. Uh, we saw, you know, Dion and Michael Irvin giving it up. Real love. I love seeing all of that. So here's a quote. Watching last Friday when Dion said what he said to me in Boulder, Colorado, somehow that moment to me just felt so meant to be. Somehow to me that moment felt like it had been in the making since I was three or four years old. So Bailey shared his upbringing. Growing up in a challenging environment with alcoholic parents, and a significant role played by Katie Bell Henderson, a black woman from Chicago who helped raise him and taught him valuable life lessons. He said, quote, I did grow up in Oklahoma City. I was the oldest of three children in a broken home, wrecked by alcohol from the start. Katie Bell Henderson taught me right from wrong. She taught me about the evils of alcohol. She built the foundation in my life that to this moment benefits me. What Dion thanked me for came from Katie Bell Henderson. Okay. Now, we all know Skip Bayless emphasized how Katie Bell was more of a mother figure to him than even his biological mother and how she got him on the right path because his father was a functional alcoholic and his mother would drink till she was drunk, drunk. Uh, uh, tough sledding for Skip Bayless growing up. And he said he learned how to be on the right path, values, wisdom, all from Katie Bell. Okay, so now let's go all the way back to his ESPN days of Bayless has invited everybody on his show, including me. I used to be on Cold Pizza, used to be on First Take at ESPN, Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, Jalen Rose, Shannon Sharp, etc. Richard Sherman now, uh, Lil Wayne now, Acho, Emmanuel Acho there. Now, he comes across, and I've always said this, listen, Skip Bayless on air comes across not too respectful, you know, stubborn, etc. Uh, but then off air, I've always said he's a bubble, like just gentle, like a cloud, like, oh, he's so cool, super real. Um, but this takes a little turn for me. So let's talk through that turn and that twist of how this story is, because Dion was giving him his flowers, and on that level, we should give him his flowers. At the same time, there's something about this story that just doesn't sit well with me, right? And I'm going to talk through it. So Skip Bayless had an example of growing up, white family, etc., Oklahoma City, all that, with a black housekeeper, basically. And she taught him not only life, but she taught him, I guess, some empathy and respect for a different culture, different experience, different race, different ethnicity, a black person. Gotcha. I experienced the exact flip. It's crazy. And it wasn't in the same respect as Skip, but I was a young kid and at my grandmother's house, which I lived there until I was age five, age six. 
and then was there every single weekend. Ah, we had two white families that stayed with us. My, my grandmother would get extra money. She was in the medical field. She would get extra money take care and being a caretaker to these two older white people, an old white man and an old white woman, Uncle John and Auntie Gloria, right? So I grew up with a different dimension of looking at race as well, kind of like how Skip is talking about. And it was weird. So Skip is hearing on the outside what black people are, you know, in this country, um, obviously from slavery all the way through, through the era where Skip was growing up in the South, what a black housekeeper, let's say in the 50s or whatever it may be, 60s, uh, civil rights era, you know, you're hearing about the inferiority of black people versus white people and their superiority, especially at that time. And they were trying to level the playing field and make it equal, equal rights, civil rights era. Now, flip it to when I'm in the 70s and the 80s and, you know, we having a lot of different issues, but still some of the issues and the remnants of that. But now it's morphed into gang violence and there was a war on the streets and a war on drugs and crime, etc. And black people are largely the reason this happening and largely is happening to black people all in this little tight locale called the hood, the ghetto. And then white people are protected and white people are synonymous with the suburbs and peace and harmony and safety. That's what I'm hearing. And that's why I watch shows like The Different Strokes and I'm watching Different Strokes. I'm like, wait a minute, the kids from Harlem go all of a sudden uh, to Manhattan and to the Upper West Side. And next thing you know, uh, they're living lavishly. And I remember seeing that and I'm like, wow. And then you mix into that. Bam. But I got two white people right here who need me. And then people telling me that they're, they're, they're more powerful than me. They're superior to me. They have it better than me. They, they, they. And I'm looking like, well, aren't they part of them? Aren't they a part of them? So now makes sense to this. Reconcile that. Because it must be deeper than just white people have that. And then Skip had to go through, well, it must be deeper than just black people are all that. Because look at this beautiful black woman raising me better than my white mother. Okay. I love all that. And then what does that do to you? It can make you go two places. It could go make you have guilt. If you ever harbored some of that negativity and then had it corrected through that experience. People always talk about white guilt, etc., or whatever. Or it can actually magnify what you already know about this world that is way deeper than skin color and that you really need to look at people. If you want to give out and see equality, you have to display and emit equality. That's where I think Skip falls short in the understanding. That's the only issue. Let's talk to this issue. We have similar experiences, but he's taking it to a different place. When he says he gives out opportunities or they say, I should say, they say he gives out opportunities. He accepts that and says, yeah, I give out opportunities for black people because I was raised by a black woman. Literally, that is not actually showing equality. 
Literally, that is not actually taking the great things that you learn from that experience and putting them on full display. Because now that would seem like the black guy gets to go to the plate and get four strikes where the white guy gets three. Being one of the, <clears throat> the black guys that got an opportunity, and it didn't come from Skip, but it was on Skip's show, so let me give him his credit and his due, yes. <clears throat> I never ever thought, and I never wanna think, that Skip looked at the pool of ESPN candidates and said, yeah, that young one that just retired, Marcellus, bring him over here, because he's black. Because I was raised by a black person, so therefore let me look out for him. I believed enough in me, I believed enough in what my powers were that I'm going to be here regardless. Black, white, orange. I didn't want to get in because of the color of my skin. And I know he's well intended. And I also know that he's well... He's coming from a great place. At the same time, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And boy, this conversation is getting hot. <laughs> because as much as everyone's giving them props, it always comes off to me <clears throat> as if black analysts and personalities that are saying this, including Deion Sanders, that we're buying into an inferiority complex. That we're buying into like, Thank you, Skip, for hooking us up. Like, we weren't going to hook ourselves up. Like, we couldn't get hooked up no other way other than you're good and you're black. Not just good enough. I just don't want to have that circulating through me. I don't want to digest that Skip Bayless, with intention, is looking out for black people because they're black. These are... Keyshawn Johnson is a personality. Keyshawn Johnson wrote a book as a rookie. <laughs> Sucker, yeah. Just give me the damn ball. He a nut. He funny. He good dude. Does his job well, right? Deion Sanders, next level. Come on, stop playing. Michael Irvin lights up every room. Richard Sherman, better broadcaster with a helmet than he is without. And he's great without. <laughs> but with one, oh my God. Like, admit it. When Richard Sherman's playing, you're like, I don't, who is, like Charles Barkley move over like you know what I mean I just wanted to stop down on that because what that means to me is like oh uh, it makes me think is skip coming from a place of guilt so therefore he's trying to overcorrect because I had the flip of it and guess what I'm not trying to do seek out all the white people and <laughs> you say oh because they already got it no they don't I just I raised two that didn't I grew up in a neighborhood with few others many others who didn't? There are more poor white people in this world than, well, in this country, let's stay in this country, in this country than black people. More, yeah. In the numbers, yeah. Not in the percentages, but in the numbers, yes. Man, we get caught up in this twist sometimes, y'all. Thank you for the job and opportunity. <laughs> I'm like, and I know, and I, and I get disgusted, and I know. I get really disturbed, perturbed when people are like, well, you're an affirmative action case. I'm like, boy, you ain't seen my test scores. You ain't seen my grades. 
You ain't, you ain't listening to me. <laughs> oh, you weren't going to get into Columbia unless you were black? You weren't going to get into Columbia unless you played ball? All right. So that's where that conversation goes for me. I wanted to let that out, kind of RG3 style. I want to go back and play, you know, let it out because I heard it and I kept hearing it. And I wonder if other people are hearing that or am I just like rabbit earing it? Like, ah, oh, man, you're hearing too much. But the props that Skip Bayless deserves is he has a show. And on that show, he is looking for the most talent, the best talent. But this plays into what I hear people, when you hear criticism of Skip Bayless in this respect in terms of race, you hear that he's a culture vulture, vulture, culture vulture, culture vulture. He needs a black person to go against. And if Skip is saying, nah, I just need a black person because of how I was raised by a black person. I don't think either one of those is good. <laughs> like, Kip, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to put this in his proper place because I know he's doing a great thing in terms of stocking and staffing his show with the best talent. But is it the best talent or is it just the best black talent? Rachel Nichols is like, hey, I'm over here. <laughs> but y'all get the point. Let's beat this up in the comments, man. I'm trying to learn from this one. I don't want to condemn him because, boy, the last thing you should do uh, we used to, Max and I used to always say that is never clown the fat girl once she comes back from the gym with the sweaty wristbands. That is a weird way of saying if somebody trying, let them be, dog. <laughs> right? He trying, so I should let him be. But something about this doesn't set well with me. And I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. All right, because ain't no affirmative action over here, damn it. Everybody's like, no, it ain't me. It ain't me. He's like, yeah, it is. It's you. It's you. So let's beat that up in the comments. Tell me what you think of this whole situation. Did it sting you a little bit like that, too? Like, oh, thank you, Skip, for the opportunity. Or did it was like, nah, dog, you just reaching for it. Let me know. And what role has Skip Bayless really played in promoting diversity and giving voices to athletes? different backgrounds, etc. right? Because it's weird. People are giving them all the props, but the first time I got on first take wasn't because Skip wanted me on first take. It's because the bosses were like, yo, we need to have Marcellus on it to audition more Jamie Horowitz, if you want to know, because Marcellus is good. Let's see how great he can be. So, you know, I just, I just want to see what that is in the comments. And other than that, in sports and media, how, how important is it? To have diversity and inclusivity. Should it reflect the demo of the sports, the athletes, or man, stop talking about race. If you could talk that talk, entertain and educate, go up there. That's the way I think. I want to see how many of you guys think that same way. Y'all remember this song? Switch. I heard payback. You ever been? <laughs> I've been in the concert, CQ do that. I heard payback. Oh, man, thanks for rocking with your boy. I'll never shut up. Sponsored by BetUS. Let's go to WileyWins.com. WileyWins.com right now. Sign up. I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up, homie, for real. 125% sign-up bonus so we can compete for some of that change. Uh, get one of them prop bets in or flip them quarters. Get that get like me going. We're just going to have a little fun, put a little skin in the game. Also, go to ProjectTransition.org. Y'all know what this is. It's the show, man. This thing is all powered by you and powered by ProjectTransition.org. If you do that, guess what I do? I just hook you up like I am my man Mario right here. Look at that. I am taking care of y'all for taking care of the community, taking care of the kids. Recurring donation, ProjectTransition.org. Please do it so I could send you your book, and thank you for your support. All right.
Speaking of sending somebody somewhere, and no thank you for your support. Chase Claypool, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Chase Claypool is out of Chicago, and <laughs> talking about like, all right, y'all, peace. Sucker landed in Miami with the Dolphins. Golly. First of all, Miami a better city than Chicago. I know what y'all gonna say. Don't tell me about the damn lake in April once the spring comes. <laughs> it's amazing. But there's about four months of great Chicago. The rest of that time, come on, man. It's, it's 13 months of great Miami, damn it. <laughs> you better stop playing. And he played on the Dolphins with that receiving core and Tua. He better be right. He better get right. If he don't get right now, he can't get right if he doesn't go back. Go from bad a bad situation in terms of what he made Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh was right for him. I know quarterback change young quarterback trying to figure it out, but bad over there. Then Chicago bad over there. First game. Remember he went viral for the, oh, how bad he played bad clips, everything all bad. And they were done with him. So they got a six rounder out of him, uh, which is good because they were done with him, and he's still a big, fast, talented kid, but something ain't right. So let me talk about what ain't right, because we don't know the incidents. I mean, look, everybody's seen him <laughs> into the game, Minnesota, doing this. That was bad, but there's an attitude that must be present that is just turning people off, and I know those type of attitudes. Because when it's not incident, it is attitude. Um, it, it reminds me of Antonio Bryant, if you guys remember him, Belitnikoff winner, talented. He didn't have a bad attitude in terms of like what I think Chase Claypool has. He had an attitude like he just was about, I'm a ball and that's it. I don't want to hear nothing else. I got, let me be like that kind of attitude. Like I'm good. And he was good. He was damn talented. Uh, but didn't the buy-in? Not necessarily. The streets were a little louder for him, but not. You know, I would just say he was like, "I'm good, I'm good." You know, one of those kind of cats, a little ISO on his, and it didn't do well for him. And it turns out it didn't support him in his career. You know, he didn't get all that he could have got out of that. Even though he had some good years in there, and we saw, especially in Tampa, I saw, man, Antonio was silly, silly. Oh, he was silly. Oh, I got to tell y'all. One day I'm going to tell y'all a story about Antonio. I'm going to protect the guilty, but it's going to be Antonio. <laughs> Trust me. This sucker here did something amazing one time. I was like, golly. I've told you guys about the story of him beating up Bill Parcells. That's to my point. Chase Claypool ain't beat up Mike Tomlin. <laughs> you know what I mean? He ain't beat up the Bears coach, but something else be wrong with his attitude, right? So Antonio Bryant one day, give it to you real quick because I get this story a lot. Um... Was running nine routes, Keyshawn there. Keyshawn like, yeah, keep running them, youngster. And, Ke and he like, he running them. Finally, uh, he just got pissed. He was like, man, why don't Keyshawn do some of these routes? Ain't like he don't need them or something like that. Keyshawn like, Keyshawn and Bill Parcells this tight. So Keyshawn and Bill Parcells looking back like, ain't running the nine routes. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then finally, he, he was like, I ain't doing no more. Took off his jersey, threw it on the ground, was walking off. I'm out. Deuces. I was like, damn. Suck. First thing I swear, first thing I thought was made me laugh on the inside. I was like, where are you going? You gonna quit the NFL today, Thursday, whatever the hell, Thursday, October seventeenth? Like, <laughs> where are you going? Like, like it's one thing to flex, one thing to front, one thing to stunt, but where are you going? Like, you quit the NFL anyway? Bill Parcells followed behind him. 
grab the jersey. Where are you going? You know, where are you going? Where are you going? Grab the jersey, catch it up to Antonio. That lets you know Antonio want to go nowhere. How the hell Bill Parcells catching up to you? <laughs> you don't want to go. Uh, so anyway, finally grabs the jersey, throws Antonio talking. You know, you talking like your kid. Hey, hey, hey! And throw it at him. It's a jersey. He ain't going to. This sucker got in the matrix. He threw the jersey. While the jersey was in the air, this sucker Antonio went, yang, 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 yang. grabbed the jersey, threw it back at him, and then hit him with a wop, wop, wop. <laughs> All in one motion, like I just did. Put Parcells, Parcells stumble back like Charlo and Canelo. <laughs> Stupid thing. But point being, man, I was like, God dang. It's real today. This is real NFL right here. And you know what the NFL stands for? It stood for him. Not for long, your ass ain't gonna be there. But Parcells ended up cutting them on a midnight or a random Wednesday, six, eight weeks later. But the point is, he never got all he could out of him because of his attitude. Attitude is altitude, how high you will fly. Right? Your attitude, because that's going to help you rebound, respond, and also give you what you need to recharge to do the task. Your attitude. So the pros is so crazy. I only brought this story up because so many people always come up to me talking about how good somebody is. You think they could go pro. And I'm like, the pros is way more than just talent. Like, for real, it's like attitude, professionalism, perseverance. Perseverance is huge. You just got to last through the process. When you're the man at eight years old, (laughs) you're a man. You're getting recruited at the snack bar. You're going to have an NIL deal when you're 14. You're going to be 18. Everybody getting gifted cars and trucks and girls think you're the cutest. And these girls are so pretty. And they everywhere and they don't matter. You got money. You just got to make it to the NFL. Forget how good you are. Everybody good that's going to qualify. But are you going to cross that finish line? And when you cross that finish line, let me just tell you, hard reset because it's starting over again, only on a greater, grander level. These cats all black belts. These streets all are tempting. What's your attitude? You locked in or not? So when people want to know how do you get to the NFL, to the NBA, you got to be insanely talented and frankly have a great character in terms of finishing what you started, which is all of that talent in that sport, that endeavor manifesting. You got to finish. And then when you get there, that ain't good enough. Woo. Chills. Oh, you fast? Good for you. And? And what else you got? Oh, you big and strong? Good. good. And me, him too, him too, him too. So Chase Claypool, man, I hope it works for him. Because I've, I've been fascinated with his game, like the few plays, you know, the, a few of those Pittsburgh plays. I was like, this boy, ooh, he could be special. But something between here is sabotaging him. So what y'all think the situation is with him? Because I haven't heard of the incidents. And help me if there are incidents. I don't know. Did my homework. I was like, that ain't enough. <laughs> The attitude is, though, and they don't always put that out there because they don't want to ruin a youngster. They don't want to give them that label all the time. They just say, good luck to him. Good luck to him. And what do you think his future is with the Dolphins? Think he gets it right here and his future in the NFL? Because if he doesn't do it right with the Dolphins, I would say he would get one more chance. But let me tell you this. It would not be as good as this chance. This is going to be his best chance because he goes to an offensive team that's going to throw that football, going to have Tua, and he got the mastermind. 
You got an offensive mind, mastermind, at coach? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Don't mess up. And you in Miami? Shh. Boy, you better stop playing with me. Woo. Let me get traded to Miami. Let me find out. <laughs> I'll be like RG3 right here. I'll be like, man, I love Never Shut Up. I love doing what I'm doing. I'm good. My foundation is kicking. Oh, I ain't never playing in the NFL again. You stop playing, boy. You know how much it hurt my knee. I ain't. The Dolphins? <laughs> I ain't lying. If the Dolphins, I ain't playing in the NFL again, but if the Dolphins call, we'll have to see what they're talking about. All right, let's phone up some comments. Let's phone up some comments here. Talk about McAfee from yesterday. All right, Pat McAfee. I think it's just a part of what kind. Man, y'all got to proofread y'all comments. Make me sound ignorant up here. I think it's just a part of what kind of times we live in. It's just easier and more convenient to watch content like this online. You're right. I, my kids do not watch TV unless... It's Thursday night football, unless it's Saturday morning football, unless it's Sunday football, unless it's Monday night football. I swear, and the rest is Peppa Pig, like, and that's online too, damn it. I mean, they watching Disney, they watching Frozen, they watching that, but seriously, they do not watch shows. They don't watch shows. And speaking of watching shows, watch me next week, I think Wednesday, Wheel of Fortune, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, I'm on there. Check me out, see if I won, how much I won. All right, and uh, let's talk about this one. I like to watch a whole bunch of Pat shows in real time sometimes, but I really like to see the segments I like with certain co-stars that show up. Their editors are very good and serving out pretty sizable chunks of their show. ESPN is benefiting a lot because I'm watching actual ESPN content from their other stars because it's showing up at the top of my recommendation list now, and I've never used to see it. Mm. Okay, cross-promoting there. That's why... It's good to be on that big platform because you get to get all that big to help make your big bigger. <laughs> That's how it goes. FS1. Mm. What helps first things first is Wild's background as a producer. Preach. It helps with the subject choices and the show is lighthearted. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Then there's another long comment. Damn, this comment too long. But basically, I give it to you like this. First things first is at the top of their game because of a few things. The chemistry feels so organic. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Greg's great, great. The show's biggest problem is topic burnout. Yep, yep, yep. A lot of y'all like that comment. Yeah. Skip, I don't know why. They always like that. Same ass topics. You be like, dog. Are the Cowboys best team in the NFL? Are the Cowboys one of the top five teams in the NFL? Uh, will the Cowboys make the playoffs? <laughs> like, if they top five, if they the best team, yeah, they gonna make the playoffs. All right, let's go here. Marshawn, the wild part was Marshawn tried to holler at Russ through player personnel because he didn't have his numbers, so Russ called him from a block number. What type of shit was that? I know people that represent Russ, too. They're they the homies, real tight. Russ different, dog. But I knew Russ was different. I met him, he was a rookie, and I met him at a party. We talked for a minute. And I was like, two things. Either he corny, which is fine because I'm corny, and I'm a nerd, but I'm a corny nerd. He's just corny. Or, turn around, big dog. Why? Why should I turn around? Because I see a string, and you're just saying the same damn thing. <laughs> like, dog, relax. Like, I, have a, I just want to go up to him one day and just go like this. Grab his traps. Relax. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> Be normal. Go hawks. You know what I mean? That's the only thing. But so what? I don't mind him being corny. It's just like, he locked up. He's like a prisoner of himself. <laughs> like, He's stuck in a corn stalk. Come on, big dog. All right, y'all. We got any more? Oh, yeah, we got Kelsey Swift right here. Mm, we have no problem with it. We just don't want you to make it seem like she's bigger than the game. Okay. 
I respect that. Here's another one. Wiley, I agree with you. Okay, that's it. <laughs> he agreed with me. All right, y'all know how we finish every show. We finish with Wiley-ism. Yeah. Coach used to always say, get your head out the parking lot every Friday to me because he knew I was in them streets. I was ready to go. All right, what you know, you are still learning. Doesn't that make you feel good? What you know, you are still learning. Whew. My two biggest issues I have right now, and I'm learning. I know me. Yeah, I know me, damn it. It's like them people over there trying to clown Candace Owens, the, the, the trans, transgender people, and uh, what was it? Uh, bi, Non-binary gender people, they all trying to clown Candace Owens. I know myself. I know what I am. And I was like, yeah, I know myself too. But guess what? I'm still learning. Still learning. I got to work on this one becoming more attached. I told myself this morning, attach yourself to more things. Uh, Dick Buckus, rest in peace to great Dick Pus Dick Buckus, who died yesterday in his sleep at the age of 80. And my dad is 76. I'm like, attach myself to my dad. And I can't lie to y'all. There's times where I call my dad and I'm like, go see him. And I'm like, nah, I got to go do this. And I'm like, you better force yourself to go see him because he's about to die soon, right? Whatever soon is, four years, 10 years, 20 years. It ain't 50 years, let's just say that, right? And then I'll be like a little scared to like just keep the, like, because one day you're going to call, he ain't going to answer. One day he ain't going to call you, you know? And I'm like, damn, be more attached. Like deal with the pain that will come, but don't try and distance yourself so you think you're going to deal better with that pain. Catch me? I got to work on that. Another thing I got to work on is stop eating McDonald's late. <laughs> oh, man, I'm still learning. I, no matter what you know, you're still learning, right? Yourself, like, you know it ain't good to eat that Mickey D last night. That boy, I ate that thing at, like, 12 o'clock up in the drive-thru. We was going to go to Chick-fil-A. They were closed. I was like, damn. All right, that sounded kind of healthy, even though it's hella salty on them damn little little wing tips. They be having whatever they are, them little balls. Um, so then I'm like, damn, go home. Just chill. You ain't that hungry. I just locked in. I'm like, I just came out from a party. Got to eat something. And hey, Mickey D's was right there, bright ass yellow. Da 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 da. Just calling me. <laughs> that sound like they saying, Mama Marcellus. Come on. I'm like, all right, here I go. So what you know, you are still learning. I hate a stubborn person, even though I love a person of conviction. That's why I love this show, because I don't want to debate shit. I want to discuss, want to talk about both sides and let's move it this way a little bit. Nah, you know, like doing furniture, you'll go with your boy. All right, man, let's go. Okay, you can see and he can't. He going backwards. Hey, hey, go to the right a little. To the right. Your right. Not my right. <laughs> that's, that's life to me, man. We all got to grab this damn couch and help each other instead of like pick up the couch or drop it. That's it. I don't want to debate. No, I don't want to do it. Yes or no? No, let's a little that way. Nah, Skip is doing the right thing, helping out black people. Eh, he ain't really helping out black people like that. Eh, he shouldn't be just helping out black people because they black. Eh, oh, well, well. He, what is he, a gatekeeper? Eh, what is that, white guilt? Eh, what it, you know, that's what I want to do. Sorry. Uh, seems like y'all want me to do it too. You don't believe me? Don't believe me? Just watch. <laughs> Love for you guys, man. So yourself, everything in this world, man, just remember what you know. You are still learning. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today!
want to keep the conversation going let's talk find me on all socials at marcellus wiley more to is a production of dan patrick productions that dude entertainment and workhouse media show is executive produced by dan patrick marcellus wiley paul anderson and nick Pinella. thanks for all the love ratings and subscriptions and reviews membership to wiley's world on youtube keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it talk to y'all hella soon Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.